Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name is David Reed, and joining me here, as ever, is Mr. Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek, how are you? I'm tired. Tired? What have you been doing? Burning the midnight oil, having lots of midnight feasts? I've been having midnight feasts with, um, what is posh people's names of midnight feasts? Kids, it's sort of 1920s children, isn't it? Uh, With uh, Tarquin and Lulu Bell. A bit more uh, um, nineteen sort of thirties kids like James and um, Edward, Edward, and, Harry. Um, uh, trying to think, uh, Victoria, Megatron, and Glenn. <laughs> Glenn from the village. Glenn from the village came and he kept on putting his dick in everyone's sandwich. But that's why they'd invited him for some village fun. Yeah, and he said it was part of it. It was. Um, I'm too tired to even go down this route. <laughs> I'm going to leave Glenn with his dick stuck in a sandwich forever. I think Glenn is one of my uh, favourite comedy names for just sort of like an unexpected name to come out. No yeah. one's called Glenn anymore, are they? Um, no, I mean, one of the bullies, uh, the twin bullies at our school were called Glenn and Spencer. Spencer? Yeah. Yeah. They were twins and they were both, uh, I think they both went to prison. And I remember seeing... And the thing is, you couldn't. There was one who was slightly more violent than the other, but you, I saw either Glenn or Spencer kicking some kid in the head. Were they identical twins? Yeah, identical bully twins. Identical bully twins, and they both look like film. They're both quite. Um, the girls sort of fancy them because they're both very attractive. They were those boys who matured literally a, 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 a hundred times the rate of everyone else. Well, we had so they're grown men at thirty. Yeah, yeah. We had uh, a pair of identical twins at my school who were. Uh, would have been the most bullied. Oh, so really? They, they were, uh, they were, well, they had Asperger's syndrome, and oh. so they were very, very strange, which is... Well, they called, what were their names? Uh, one, and, one and two? James and Nicholas. Mm. And they talked like this. They had voices like this. They would always talk like Are they exactly this. the same? Yeah, identical. Do they hang around with each other? Uh, all the time. They were in, in, inseparable. We're yeah. doing pat cake in the corner, but, but really fast. Even weirder things. Like what? But I don't think the parents really helped, because... They would. They came to school discos in homemade um, knitted jumpers that said "I love pigeons" on the front, and on the back had a man shooting pigeons. Wow! Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, but matching jumpers as well. Wow! Yeah, they were legendary at my school. What happened to them? I don't. I've no idea. I've no idea. They probably listened to this. I could probably Google them. Um, you know. 
They were they were perfectly harmless apart from when I overheard them saying they were going to take over the world. Um, uh, th- this isn't about reminiscing about twins. identical twins, twins from school. This is about films. Before we start, we should say we are sponsored by Her Film Project, who are an organisation that help promote diversity in films, which will be particularly relevant to today's uh, first film we're going to talk about. We're both about. wearing women's clothing. We're both wearing women's clothing, and we're sick of being judged for it. And I have... Um, well, I've got some uh, an oriental haircut. You have, haven't you? I've noticed that. It's really yes. nice. It looks good on you. It's one of those... Um, what's the one with the ponytail? Who are the ponytails that about the really tight one? Oh, the this top heads. knot. The top knot, yes. Yeah, you've got a top knot. Those uh, Samurai Warrior? Yeah, they had that with very shaved sides, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you've got that. Or is that just a... Is that not just a... Dog turd. <laughs> yeah, it's a dog turd perched on top of your head. It's sort of sliding down the back. Well, it's a very neatly placed dog turd. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that, that's her film project. <laughs> no, basically, if you're interested in the work they do, then go to herfilmproject.com or follow at herfilmproject on Twitter. Um, and getting to that film, that I think uh, diversity has been one of the issues surrounding it in its pre-publicity, Marek and I have both been to see Wonder Woman this week. Now... A uh, bit of pretext before we get into it. Marek, you historically dislike this genre. Um, I do not like... Superhero. Yeah, but uh, my first love... Is women. Is... is <laughs> was the Lin- lasso. <laughs> was Linda Carter. Okay. Really? Was she your first love? Yeah, and when you I was... You must have been quite young when she Approximately four or five. Yeah. For one birthday, I asked my mum for uh, Wonder Woman stuff because she was my favourite superhero. That's very cool, actually, I think. But the seventies Wonder Woman's, um, I mean, Linda Carter was. Uns- I didn't realise that she was actually a sort of a sex symbol. I thought she was really cool. Yeah, she was in the TV show, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. I mean, because there was a TV movie before that. I think in seventy three or something. I, don't, I think she might be in that. She is, I think, one of the most beautiful people ever to grace the earth. But the seventies Wonder Woman thing. What I liked about it was, it was quite really sort of. Like, um, kitsch sort of you know yeah uh, crappy detective thing of her spinning around and beating blokes up and it that's right it was it's quite high camp I mean those days are gone I mean if you made a film of that these days it would have a very limited fan base of, of dorks like us basically um, but this is the latest DC film DC being the comic book company that is sort of joint massive uh, giant of the industry uh, alongside Marvel. Now, I've seen all of the films they've made so far in this uh, DC extended universe, which includes Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, and Suicide Squad. And they have they made some all terrible been, films. Well, each one had it, trumped the other. When you thought they couldn't get any shitter, suddenly they managed to plumb new depths. I mean, they are some of the worst films I've ever seen. Man of Steel is just boring. Batman vs. Superman is confused. And Suicide Squad is an incredible heady mix of the two, of being incredibly boring and incredibly confused. I mean, it's just trousers. But Which brings us on to the fourth one, Wonder Woman. Now, this is, historically, the first female-led superhero film since uh, Jennifer Garner in Electra back in 2008, I think. Maybe even... uh, Nine years! Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, I think it was then. 
I'm double checking my uh, thing uh, now, but everyone look up Electro on their phones. You can join in at home. Is it Electro with a K? Uh, yes. I think yeah, 2005. Sorry, Holy so shit. 12 years. Um, and this is the first one, I believe, uh, to be directed by a woman as well. It's directed directed by uh, Patty Jenkins, who um, did Monster, amongst other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen Monster with Charlize Theron? Yes, it's very good. Right. Well, uh, and tells the tale of uh, incredibly complicated named Diana. <laughs> Um, what, princess, princess of well, Princess Diana. Princess Diana. Um, what did you make of this, Mark? The whole film or this bit? This bit of the podcast? <laughs> no, we're not. We're not doing that. Um, the the the, um, the bit on the island. Uh, okay, we start at the beginning. Uh, we start in an ancient Greek island populated entirely by warrior women, of which uh, Diana is the only child. What did you make of all of it? I thought it was total nonsense. <laughs> it was really weird nonsense to try and... Uh, and I, I liked that sort of sense of empowerment of all oh, having these strong women who didn't need men. Then they, they were... They are the, basically the Amazons who are put on this island away from humanity. Yes, they've been, they've been protected by Zeus. Yes. Back and then, in the mists of time. And then Chris Pine, during its... Um, uh, World War one. Uh, one, yeah, flies, breaks through this protective barrier. Yes, in, in a biplane and crashes in the sea. And, and is rescued by uh, Wonder Woman. And he brings the news of the war, which is almost some sort of prophecy from the Amazons that when the war comes, you know, they'll have to try and fight the god of war. And it was quite, it, it was, you know, that it was, it's quite confused, isn't it? The whole. Yeah, I mean, it's hugely. Uh, I didn't think the script was very good. Um, it was so far so, you know, epic nonsense. Um, I actually enjoyed the stuff on the uh, the Fighting Lady Island. I, I, oh, really? Although the dialogue was bollocks, I actually thought um, Robin Robin Wright looked awesome as the general. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, well, they all looked awesome. It was just like, we have not seen this. Therefore, mm. tick interesting like that that's how I found it it was nonsense it's fantasy epic nonsense but it was just like I've never seen this I'm enjoying it and then it, it's her finding her purpose to go and try and single-handedly stop the first world war um, in the world of men again I found interesting and and it slowly just turned into every other film for me I, I enjoyed the first half uh, you know, going, oh, where's this going? I quite like this, even though the dialogue was okay, you know, but it, um, for me, it kind of lost its way. I thought it was total shit. Really? I, but before I say that, I thought, how do you pronounce her name? Gal Gadot? Gal Gadot. Uh, I thought she was excellent. She's fantastic, yeah. isn't it? This is the first time she's had a leading role yeah. in a film. And it's a and tough role to she do. She is so charismatic yeah. on screen. And, and, plays it brilliantly and you know what the director has done an incredible job at making her look amazing in everything she is uh, she uh, is stunningly beautiful not just, I don't think from uh, just a male perspective I think just as in she is just absolutely beautiful to look at so every time she's on screen she just 
totally outshines everyone because yeah. she looks incredible. And in that case, it, it actually worked as good visual storytelling because even though everyone else around her were, you know, demonstrably incredibly beautiful as well, yeah. she she looks special and like she is fated for greatness in some yeah. way. Like they, it worked. That all worked. Really, she wasn't, and she wasn't wooden. She already had a nice. Um, a, a range, I thought, yeah. of, and she did the anguish, and she had a, a, a touch of a sort of humour as well. I think she was possibly the funniest person in it. You know? Oh, definitely. Even well, though there were some comedy roles, but the, I always think they're it's like poison chalice the comedy roles oh. in an action film because because you're mostly just there as an irritation. Lucy Davis from The Office plays the comedy role of uh, Chris Pine's secretary. Yeah, and. She is awful. <laughs> it makes me cringe. Every just literally trying to maximise and overplay every single moment as some sort of wittering, idiot, idiotic secretary. I thought she was truly awful. Really, I, I didn't. I didn't find. It, I didn't find it funny, but I didn't find it that irritating. I'm oh. just like, oh yeah, there's that role that I wouldn't want to do myself. Um, it, it just the whole thing. It, it just doesn't make... It's just nonsense. It's just sprawling nonsense. And Gal Gadot's brilliant in it. Uh, Chris Pine is sort of likeable. But the story... The script was really poor. And the story seems to go on and on and on. There's and this just really boring twist. And like you said, the same ending that you've seen in every single... Well, this, is my, this is my problem. I thought they had a potential to tell a story we've not seen of a woman who's been brought up that women uh, are warriors and they do the right thing and you lead by example and you just go and do it you know there's no there's no half measures there's no shying away and suddenly she finds herself in the real you know semi-modern world where men totally dominate and it's gone to hell that's an interesting potentially an interesting story and that's where it started and for me it didn't know how to tell that story it wasn't there was no unique perspective from being a woman you know actually in it it felt like there could be at the beginning and that slowly ebbed away as the men had all of the lines and Wonder Woman actually from the beginning to close to the end got weaker and weaker in terms of her strength of personality it was Chris Pine's story exactly Chris Pine had the story and she was just sort of wandering about which I, I I don't want to say this is the definitely the reason why but it's got although it's got a female director it's, it was written by four blokes like mm. all the other superhero films are. like what I'm sick of is things starting with the potential to be real character pieces because I think Wonder Woman's character in this she's never called Wonder Woman in it by the way either that's just the name of the film she's called Diana but she had a, a brilliant uh, character in this you know brilliantly played you know very interesting uh, thing for a character to go through but then by the end spoilers but I'll, I'll try and describe them abstractly it turns into flying gods punching each other which mm. is so meaningless it's just like well if they're capable of this then what's the point of hum- the human race even existing if they if they can't ever help then why what's the you know it's it's all such the, all epic the combat. nonsense, you know? All the combat scenes were really dull because it was just... I never thought she was going to get hurt. Yeah, it was just ridiculous. It was all that... I mean, you could put slow-mo, 
sort of weird flying in the air, jumping for miles and punching. Yeah. It's as if what was great about Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon with the exaggeration, which seemed quite cool and... Uh, well, it was innovative uh, at the yeah. time, the wire work in that. Has been it? so exaggerated. Mm. Is that someone literally flies... Well, what are you going to do? I'm just going to fly across Tesco's and kick that bloke in the head just from um, from the uh, adept, from the um, fresh vegetable section all the way to the drink section. Yeah, yeah. Just jump and kick him in the head. And I they're fi- dead. I find that boring. It's and it's the problem with superhero things that when it's on the page and it's only one frame of them doing something amazing, your imagination gives it the benefit of the doubt and fills in the gaps so that it forms a coherent world in your head. And you just go, yeah! Whereas when you actually physically see it in physical space, there's such a difference between uh, characters' powers that you just go, well, all of them are redundant, aren't they? This one person could fix everything on their own. They seem immortal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, another thing I really didn't like about it was um, just the way everyone's got to be so PC about it. so the, the Chris Pine's group which he was supposed to be fighting the war for spies on behalf of Britain the group is an American pilot a Scottish bloke a French Arabic bloke and a Native American Indian which was such bullshit it was such bull- you know during World War One wandering around uh, um, Germany, you know, or Belgium, wherever it was. I just thought, oh, come off it. It was just so ridiculous. A Native American Indian just walking around Belgium. It was the whole thing which uh, was just, uh, I think, just pissed me off the whole... Um, uh, it, just, it was just nonsense, utter nonsense. But this film has got an IMDb score of 8.2. When mm. I looked it up, it was currently in the top 200 films of all time. Yeah. Who who likes it? Well, lots of people. Lots and lots of people like it. I mean, um, I, d- I don't think it's a well-told film. I think it's there's just something exciting about Gal Gadot in this. I think she's just so watchable and it feels like it's about bloody time that uh, that there was a female representing women in this genre. You know, I tell you what, she would make a really, a really good Bond. Yeah, a female Bond, I think, where it wasn't ridiculous. Sort of, where it was just someone who was quite cool. You had a bit of um, character to them, and everyone, and beat people up. I think she would be good at that. Yeah, what I find so funny, I am going to talk about the ending here. So if you haven't seen it yet, then don't, do skip don't ahead. Watch it. Do skip ahead to the middle where um, Marek will be singing his lovely song before the letters. But the laziness of a script that goes, well, I suppose in the end you're wrong. It's all about love! Yeah. And then punches someone to death. You just go, you don't seem to have... Uh, Embrace the concept of love in your 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 revelation about how the world works. You can't just say a noun and then kill somebody, and that's you uh, working out the truth. It's like there seems to be this school of thought in Hollywood script writing, which is if you just keep saying the one thing it's supposed to be about, it will somehow magically be about that. You just go. I just don't know what the truth is anymore. 
you need to have a long, hard look at the truth. Well, in the end, I now know the truth. It's like, that's not a story about truth. You've just repeated the word truth. Like, it's, it's so shallow actually in its 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 storytelling it's incredibly shallow it's uh, it, it, it's just some, someone thinking the, the point of me getting a valentine's card and then go and think and then then jumping through space to america and uh, killing donald trump with my boner <laughs> Because I've and just shouting love conquers all. Yeah. Because I've just received a Valentine's card, so now I've discovered what humanity is like. Yes. But then I can do something horrific, but it's okay because my yep. motivation is cut to all of the tabloids going. Marit Larwood's love conquers all by willying Donald Trump in the face. So I know this doesn't sit comfortably with so, me. Yeah. Um, if you can get off crimes by doing that, what did you do? Well, I. Uh, I <laughs> Also, I did find it weird that um, a god had a moustache. That was very strange. The whole, the whole, <laughs> a Greek the whole god reveal of the of the bad guy god was total work. bullshit yeah, as didn't well. Work, didn't work. I thought the most interesting uh, baddie was the uh, poison woman with the mask that they didn't really develop. That was rubbish. Mask. Oh, I like that. Well. I thought that was fine. I thought that was quite good, but. Um, the, I'm torn about this film. I did kind of enjoy it, even though I was going, come on, mate, come on. Like, the revelation about her backstory and her character was so obvious from about minute six that I was waiting for it to happen for the whole bloody film. And that isn't good enough. If you have a, a moment in your story that is supposed to be a surprise, it needs to feel surprising. Like, otherwise, you're just playing lip service to structures of films. Like, it might sound as well like we're being a bit harsh on Wonder Woman when I've been more glowing with other films of this genre. This is actually one of the better ones of this genre, just for how interesting the lead character is and uh, how it's blowing the cobwebs off a lot of lazy stuff with this the superhero genre. Um, but it's still not telling a good story and it had such potential because its lead character isn't the same lead character we've had a thousand times um, but it, it for me it, it it didn't quite get there I it descended from being full of potential and really enjoyable I thought at the beginning and it just slowly got lost after I watched Wonder Woman, I cooked myself a ready meal. Yeah. And those three minutes, probably waiting for ready meal, anticipation of what te- if I got a temperature right. Yeah. Were more. I felt more emotion. Really. Than I did in the entire Wonder Woman film. I felt the sort of pumping, you know, ah! thing uh, at the end. I had to get a bus home. It was about half eleven at night, and um, the bus went past me. And it was at the the stop. I was like, I won't run. I'll look like a dickhead if it pulls away. So I'll just walk there. And it did pull away. And then I looked at my app. And it was going to be 10 minutes till the next bus. And it was raining. You ran to the next stop. So I sprinted and overtook the bus. And I felt like Wonder Woman. I felt like... But... And it's a stupid story. But it it did feel... It did feel it, um, you know, like... And I'm a 35-year-old bloke. Like, I cannot imagine how much of a good influence this will have on young girls who see it 
and think I can be that person rather than I have to be Iron Man. You know, well, I, I think it, I think you know. Yes, the, these we we might be slightly older and crave more sophisticated, character-driven films now. You know, but this film should still exist. But the problem there is, I think, is that all she does is just beat people up and look fit. She doesn't ever. Uh, she doesn't really intellectually beat. You know, beat someone about doing anything other than just smashing things. That's throwing, interesting. That's an interesting point. Throwing a shield point. or chopping a dick. And they they often don't. And the, only in the best ones do they. Because the best heroes of the sixties uh, and seventies and eighties, they they would have some physical strength or martial ability. But they were. It would be them outsmarting a blunter opposition. Usually, I mean, James Bond in the Connery era, um, and and in the Roger Moore era to a certain extent. I mean, he wasn't a physical specimen particularly. Mm. But they would often outsmart the opposition. Indiana Jones outsmarts the opposition. You know, uh, John McClane hugely. It's all about outsmarting the opposition, and and the the superheroes don't really. They just sort of throw themselves into it and flail around until they've won yeah um, I'd argue only sort of Captain America in the Winter Soldier ever uses sort of his, his smarts to really beat people but maybe that's just sort of the 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 dying of intellectualism in the US I don't know I, I give it three Marricks all really? those three go to Gal Gadot and I think I'm being quite harsh because I'm sick of these. I'm not ever. I, I don't ever want to go and see one anymore because I've, I've seen. It, I don't hardly. I hardly watch them, and I, I literally have no emotion at all. I know nothing. It doesn't even. It's a total waste of time. I would go, rather go and watch a terrible film. At least someone's tried to do something different. Yeah. Uh, and that, or an odd film. Um, for example, when, they got, when we watched House, which, uh, which yes, uh, well, and Coletta sent in, and I, I, that, and I thought maybe it was weird, but at least it was really interesting to watch, and you didn't know what was going on. It was quite odd. Yeah. I'd much rather go and watch art films than watch these. Uh, just, and it was a waste of opportunity. I think one. I think she was a, she did a brilliant performance, but the character itself. There wasn't much there, and it'd be good to see her be a smarter person rather than just these weird godlike powers. It was a, a waste. Well, what's, what's great about Wonder Woman potentially, I think, that they they started off well and again sort of lost along the way, is that she's supposed to be a fantastic hand-to-hand combat person, which makes for great action sequences. But as soon as you've got flying, punching, energy beams and energy waves and all of this shit... It just makes for dull viewing. And The Matrix found this entirely with the progression of Neo's powers. That in the first one, he's kicking and and um, doing basically SWAT team stuff of, of, of shooting or whatever. And as soon as he's flying around punching a thousand Agent Smiths, we no longer care. Because mm. how are we supposed to... You can't sense the danger of... Oh, that 405th Agent Smith might really have got him. He's mm. like, well, no, they just become, it just becomes a video game. And that's, um, there's, no de- there's no threat in a vi- video game because we imagine ourselves sitting on our sofa quite safe and sound rather than being a human being <laughs> in their shoes. Um, so I, th- I think it, it, it got, it got well, I, I really enjoy action sequences outside of 
uh, story and character, which obviously feed into the emotions of action sequence. I do just enjoy them for their art. So there were lots of really good bit sequences in this, and I did enjoy it. I, you know, I think I'd actually give it a seven. But the the script and story it was a, a colossal waste. I think of of the potential they had to really surprise us with what they were what they were doing. It, it didn't serve the character at all. She became secondary to the men she was supposed to be better than. And I think that's a terrible mistake. It felt like they were hedging their bets so that they could give Chris Pine more screen time in countries that don't they think don't like women as much. Me, but she was wealthy though, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, there'll be plenty of people who that's their attitude. But very, very interesting, nonetheless, I think. Well, that's Wonder Woman. Yeah. Don't watch it. Do watch it. Now I think it's time for this. Here's an email from Short Film Sunday. Uh, Short Film Sunday, um, uh, gifted, and um, it's a review of the, uh, uh, Christine's what Christine's mum thought. Right, that's a good way of doing it. Mum reviews. Yeah, don't think my mum watches films. Oh wow, Christine's mum did, and she said, "Gifted started out funny. There was a British grandma, um, and." She knew a guy from somewhere, and he was at Captain America. What? That that is. She really liked it, and um, that is the review. It's a very quick review. I didn't understand a word of it, mate. But it, I mean, too 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 quick. Someone are you? Gifted. Have you seen Gifted? No. I'm just looking it up. Uh, it is Captain America in it. Yes, it's Chris Evans. Not that Chris Evans, that Chris Evans. A single man raising his child prodigy niece, Mary, is drawn into a custody battle with his mother. Oh, there we go. So it's quite suitable for mums then. It's, all, it's about mums. It's about mums being the bad guys. <laughs> By the sounds of it. If you want to teach your mum a lesson, why not get her to watch Gifted with you? Yeah, that's right. Right, I'll do this next one quickly now. I'll hand over. Here's the pity letter and film recommendation. Um, this is from Paul uh, this is in response to our request for letters a few weeks ago here we go hello Marek, David and Buddy since I know you're both a sucker for a documentary may I recommend Paris is Burning currently on Netflix and also YouTube if you're a copyright thief shh a film following the lives of the LGBT um, LGBT plus what does the plus mean I'm not sure I haven't kept up uh, LGBT plus community in New York in the late 80s as they strive to overcome the hardships of poverty, a poverty, drug abuse, prejudice and the ever-looming age crisis by having a good old knees up. Madonna famously appropriated the Vogue, the Vogue for her song with the same name and a lot of the lingo will be very familiar if you've ever watched RuPaul's Drag Race and if you haven't, you should. Keep watching the films. Paul. Oh, it's from 1990, this documentary. So Paris is Burning. It yeah. does sound familiar, actually. It does. Uh, but I have... Not seen it, but thank you for the recommendation. Harris is burning. It does look fun. Do you watch RuPaul's Drag Race? No, but I know a few people who do. Danielle watches it. Oh, does she? Do you like it? Yeah, very much so. I've seen a lot of it as a result. There's a quick email from Richard Dobson about um, the man 
who sued his uh, date for oh yeah we we talked about that the other week didn't we the bloke, we did. bloke who sued his date for thank you Richard and here's one for you to read out hmm this uh, is from Stuart Nicholson about video shops and shit films he says dear all I simply couldn't bear the pathos of you playing the letters jingle then having none to read out so I'm writing in the spirit of someone playing with the lonely snotty kid in the playground when they can no longer stand seeing him standing sniffling on his own but it won't last long can David please read this one out uh, as much as I love Marek he's not really functionally literate <laughs> you are just stop reading it this letter is a this letter is a combination of your reminiscences about video shops and also the current shit films theme. I really fondly remember school summer holidays in the mid eighties, having a whip round with friends to get enough money to get out a film, then leaping onto our BMXs and heading to a revolver video, which was up some stairs above a chip shop. Yeah, ours was up some stairs above a chip shop as well. The key feature of film selection was that they only had one or two of any film, but there was equally no quality control. Hence, the latest blockbuster, out only a year and a half after cinema release, may not be available. But lots of shit was. You'd go to get E.T. and walk out with Avenging Angel or even uh, Cannibal Ferox, as the bloke behind the counter gave not the remotest shit about classifications. Um, Two particular horrors spring to mind. Firstly, a batshit crazy Japanese film called Time Slip about some modern Japanese soldiers transported somehow back to medieval Japan who then began getting involved in all sorts of samurai battles. Madness. But the utter classic was Rage of the Ninja. Ninja was big at the time, so we had high expectations. However, it remains the most insane and shit thing I have ever seen. Firstly, there is absolutely no linear story that we could see. It is like someone has swept the cutting room floor, pasted the sweepings together and then released it. Also, it would appear they had a tick list of stuff to include. Sex scene? Check. Although there is no build-up to it, I'm not sure we recognise the people in it and it sort of stopped abruptly and then cut to another scene. For recognition purposes, each ninja is a different garish colour. There's the bright pink ninja, the yellow ninja, etc. Of course, it doesn't really help because nothing makes any sense. Ninjas suddenly appear in jump cuts, they throw odd table tennis balls that explode in clouds of coloured smoke and make people appear or disappear. When they chase each other, they cartwheel or flick-flack. But if they do run, it's speeded up. There are so many plot dead ends, you begin to feel a bit disoriented. The ending is simply mental. After 30 seconds of fighting, a ninja explodes, for no apparent reason, in a cloud of feathers. All music abruptly stops, and the words, the end, appear aggressively on the screen. It may as well have said, fuck off. (laughs) As an aside, this isn't spoilers, because absolutely none of it makes sense. But the best thing is that one of the key ninjas is Cornish. Whilst everyone else is dubbed, he talks in English like Jethro or a pirate. And and it is now on YouTube. Don't feel compelled to watch it at all, though. Perhaps you could jump around the film to see if you get into it a bit. A better order than the production team did. Or just search for Rage of a Cornish Ninja, where someone has collected all of our Cornish friends' best bits. When we first got it out, we watched it twice, end to end, because we couldn't believe it the first time we watched it. And our shite film tolerance was very high at the time. Keep watching absolutely any old shit, Stew. Well, Rage of the Ninja. Is that what it was called? Yes. Yeah, Rage of the Ninja. Did you used to 
get out random things because you went to the video shop and they didn't have what you were looking for? Yeah, but occasionally it was always... My dad would occasionally get get us some accidentally get some sort of soft core fancy thing. Sure. Which was brilliant if you were oh, a yeah, yeah. 13 year old and there's knockers in it. Yeah, like uh, the sexy Ewoks film, so. Yeah. Um, but, it, I mean, we wanted to watch the Rocky film, but I told you that before that Clyde Rolfe got it out 88 times, Rocky 3. <laughs> or Rocky 4. I think maybe Rocky 4 might have been. And in the end, they gave him Rocky 4 because he'd spent. All of so his pocket money That's over amazing. a year, but uh, it was, I, I loved it. It was great going to cinema, the video shop, yeah, and yeah. looking for it. But the, the selection—I mean, there were only about three good films, and it was entirely dependent upon who was running the store, I guess, as well, because they had to order everything in, didn't they? They had to bother spending their budget on a copy of. It or whatever. I remember week uh, one surprise film which I really enjoy, which I still um, uh, hold with great um, what's the word reverence, mm. esteem. Sure. Weekend at Bernie's. Who has seen that? Still not seen it. Still not Absolutely seen it. Absolutely brilliant. I do remember being scared of the film It just from its sleeve. As in, just from its spine. I didn't even see it until I was much the, older. It wasn't. A, it was um, a series that was. It was. It was. Uh, yeah. But they they edited it into a TV movie. Oh, okay. So uh, in two halves, really. So the first half when they're kids, and the second half when they're. I'm very much adults. looking forward to it. It looks like it's going to be really good from the trailers. The remake. Yeah. Really. I've not watched the trailers. I saw a trailer. And I thought um, this looks like it could be really good. I don't know. I don't like it when they remake Tim Curry's things. Um, I mean, you can't beat him, no. as uh, Pennywise. Um, one more email, then. Sure. This is from Stuart Lewis. Humanity with a laser. This is the, the title of the letter. With laser. Hi, Danglers. Not sure. Mm, no, I'm not, not sure about that one. When's the alien? It is okay, now it's special, but the CGI and filming is. And the trailer for Planet of the Apes, so CGI set painting and locations combined with 4K, 8K, Dolby Atmos, laser, inst- uh, instead of the old 60-watt bulb as a protected light source, is now amazing, really real. Which leads me to worry about the future of humanity when all reality of the world we live in is observed through screens. It's so believable, you have to question everything. I mean, this is not me being an articulate... This is, <laughs> this is Stuart Lewis... Being so excited that he's not um, punctuated his sentence properly. Then I saw the trailer for Transformers and thought, fuck em. believe that shit and the herd deserves to be thinned. Peace out, Dangle fans. I mean, he's really drunk, isn't he? He's probably. What, what time did, he, did Stuart send that? It doesn't say what time, but we're assuming they were drunk, but thank so you for So breakfast letter. time. Breakfast time. <laughs> Right, so I've seen another film. I've caught up with uh, a film that I was sort of thought, yeah, maybe go see that in the cinema at the time, and then I didn't bother, like so many films. And the reviews came out, and was just like, yeah, you probably shouldn't bother. But I went to see, uh, I, I saw on streaming, Rambo, as in not First Blood, as in the 2008 uh, attempt to restart the Rambo franchise with elderly Sylvester Stallone so he's done more getting on for more films 
that a remake's being an old man. Like well, it's not a remake, or... it's just another Rambo film. But um, just like R- the Rocky Balboa is another Rocky, uh, another Rocky film, he's just stopped numbering them. So it's the exact same... Uh, this film should have been called John Rambo, really. Um, what happens then? Uh, basically, he is a down-on-his-luck sort of... Uh, he's just a boat uh, operator, boat driver. What do you call it? Not a captain, a bit grand. He's just got a Sailor. little, little motorboat. Fisherman. Well, sort of. He, he takes people up rivers in Thailand. Uh, a tour guide. Yeah, sort of like a local guide in Burma, um, where... Does he wear his red bandana when he's doing his tour guide stuff? No, no, he doesn't. So um, has he got a name badge that says John Rambo? And a nice tie, and, he, yeah. and, he, and a clipboard, he welcomes everyone. Hello, I'm John Rambo. Welcome to John Rambo's River Cruises. Let me show you uh, the genocide upriver. So he's in Burma, and some uh, naive Americans come to Burma in order to help the locals, some doctors and teachers and uh, missionaries and stuff. And he's like, you don't want to go in there. And they're like, pardon? (laughs) And uh, basically he ends up uh, not falling for it. It's not a romantic interest, but he sort of bonds with a character called Sarah, played by uh, Julie Benz, who you'll probably recognise. She's in... Dexter and one of the Saw films as well and all sorts of things. Oh, she looks like a nice person. She she's very good. And he ends up taking them up river and then obviously it things all go bad. Go bad and then he feels compelled to help them out. Um and it's set against uh the Burmese uh, genocide of their own people, which I think was still going on when this film was made. Were um, you shot in Burma? I very much doubt it. Did Inadvertently, Sylvester Stallone, whilst filming uh, about the Burmese genocide, did he stop it? <laughs> in absolutely his... stopped. They it. were filming a scene of him fighting the Burmese. Um... It is filmed in uh, Thailand and Arizona and Mexico, but um, basically, it, it he then it's almost like coming out of retirement. You know that he ends up. Hooking up, uh, leading a bunch of mercenaries uh, as well, or guiding them, but they're not interested in him helping. And then he obviously proves himself to be very, very useful indeed, because he's a one-man army. That's if you've not seen a Rambo film before, it's basically he's in a jungle and he is a he is a one-man army, and we enjoy watching him deal with enormous numbers of people on his own. In that regard, this film is so graphically violent it feels almost like a horror film as in, as in the the violence that Rambo inflicts on people the, the violence that uh, the Burmese um, army inflicts upon uh, civilians and then the violence Rambo inflicts upon them in return like it's got it's shot like and has the graphic detail of a horror film and you know, and it is aware of the horrors of war. He is just desperately trying to do something good with these horrendous abilities that he has, in a sort of uh, Taken style. You know, it gives somebody who has witnessed some very dark shit and is capable of some very dark shit, and gives them a black and white cause to fight. B- guys who are unequivocally bad guys and 
good guys who are trapped in the middle. And it is an action film, but with such a sort of dark twist, that's probably why it didn't do brilliantly in the sort of... In the, the world of the Fast and the Furious films, this is a bit too adult for most people. And take. he directed it and, yeah, and, and, and co-wrote it. You know, and he's he's not bad at doing that either. He's he's very good at directing himself, I think. Like, he's got a great eye for giving emotional weight to what is basically just uh, combat scenes. Like, he knows what he's doing. I found I found it very watchable, you know, and... You, we, we have become desensitized to the sort of violence you get in films like Commando or Predator or whatever, and this is taking it to its next logical step. You know, you do go, oh Christ, you know, and that that for all that might feel sort of gratuitous, that does draw you into the story. You know, when you go, it's like seeing somebody get a paper cut or something. It's if there's just something visceral about it, you, get, oh, and you start to feel for them That'll because be you can't to do help the, it. To do the make a film about that. Paper cut, yeah. About a cursed sheet of A4 paper. <laughs> it's one sheet of A4 paper that slowly kills on a killing everyone spree. in the office. Yeah, a good one. Like the film uh, Rubber. I didn't see it, but did you see the trailer for that about an evil tire? No. It's entirely shot, as you can imagine, by setting up a camera and then uh, throwing a tire into shot, and it rolls back. But it's about a sentient tire that can sort of change its direction and goes into. Look, Herbie rides again, but a bad version of that. Yeah, about Herbie, one Herbie's, of Herbie's legs. Herbie's in a car crash. <laughs> it's only his tyre remains. Yeah, and he decides to get revenge. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I actually... I quite like Stallone's stuff. And as I've talked about with regard to Wonder Woman, I do like action sequences as well. And he could, he's very good at shooting them. Like you know what's going on at all times, you get the choreography and you're enjoying it for that. Um, it's not just like, shake the camera, show lots of ba 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 pew pew pew, mm. which is always boring. Like, there's a, there's a real art to this. He, he's not, he doesn't get close to the likes of The Raid or like On Back or those martial arts films, but he can tell a good war movie, basically. And there's something just, I don't know if it's generational or whether I just enjoy it, there's something about the one-man army thing that is just quite fun. I mean, that's entirely the appeal of Die Hard, mm. which we go back to a lot on this podcast, but it's sort of the the perfect one-man versus the world. Because you empathise and you think you could be that guy. Yeah, and he isn't immortal, and neither is neither is Rambo in this, you know, um, although he's more immortal than John McClane, arguably. But no, you you it, it's fun. There's proper sort of combat strategy, and I can't run in. I can't just run in there and gut everyone down because I would almost certainly die. There is you feel the tension of the stealthy, take them out one by one, and don't let them know where you are. Hang out by the toilet. That's right, by the toilet. Yeah, that's the, the key. If you're facing an army, you yeah. want to take them out one by one, hide in the toilet. In the toilet. Yes. So if it's like a latrine, like yep. just hide in the toilets, and when it, and one by one they will all need the loo. Exactly. And then you pull them into the latrine. You shoot them. No, that, that's quite loud. Then they'll know something's wrong. You I mean, pull them into. It, the... It'd be hard to. I know. I know people when they go to the toilet can be quite loud. But you spear have them. you ever you heard someone them. who's as loud as a gunshot when they're in the loo? You sp- I mean, you wouldn't want to say, would you, if someone made that sort of noise? 
God, Tony's a bit... That broke the sound barrier, <laughs> blimey. Tony's going off in there again. <laughs> no. You have a gun that sounds... Well, like Rambo's weapon of choice is a bow and arrow because it's silent, you see. There we go. Yeah. You get a bow and arrow, you hide in the... It'd be one of those holes, pits, wouldn't it be, in yeah, the jungle. Yeah. Hide there... Put some cling, rim, cling film around yourself, yeah, and some twigs up your nose, yeah, and then just wait in the toilet. I mean, realistically, you're good. within twenty four hours, everyone will be dead, unless they find you and just kill you. No, because people aren't going to go after and- half of them have disappeared. They'd be like, "Where is everyone?" <laughs> No one comes back from the loo. Are they playing sardines in there? But you wouldn't be. You wouldn't say I'm going to. Loo. You would if you'd been in the jungle for that long. You wouldn't announce that you're going to the loo. Someone might. I mean, you know how when you try and excuse yourself from a conversation because it's gotten awkward, you you feel you have to vocalise your excuse because that. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm just going to the loo. Yeah. Uh, that that's what would uh, kill Rambo. So. Well, that, that, that's a, if you're facing a small army, hide in, in the toilet. If you're facing a large army, toilet first of all, <laughs> then move. <laughs> then move to. Um, uh, why not? Why not send in your suggestions? Sorry, buddy's kissing me. Yeah, got distracted. Um, so, was it how many days you give it? I think I give it seven. I did enjoy it. I think it's a it's a watch at home on your telly movie. Really, mm-hmm. I think if you'd gone to the cinema to see it, you'd be like, "Man, ah, it was a bit slight." But I, of its genre, if you enjoy films like Commando and Predator, as I say, it's a good film. This watch it. It's fun. I do enjoy Commando and Predator. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, no, I I enjoyed this, and I was surprised that everyone had given it a beating. Uh, when they'd all sort of celebrated Rocky Balboa. Well, it got because I think they're of, of comparable quality, really. It's got uh, the meta score on IMDb is four forty six, which is not very good. No, but the rating seven point one, and anything above seven, normally pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, that's about it then, isn't it? That's about it uh, for this week. If you'd like to write to us, then please go to filmfandango.com and fill out the form there, and we'll read your letter out on the show. Also, we do all of this for free. So if you have enjoyed the show and would like to contribute towards our running costs for what is approaching 300 episodes we've done now, um, I don't think without without a pause either, potentially. But um, then, again, go to filmfandango.com and click the donate button. Everyone who has, we know your names and we think about you every day. Um, and at some night times. Some night times, yeah, some of those, uh, some of those uh, humid night times. Um, we'll be back next week. Keep Keep watching watching the the films. films. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.